Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Now it's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello and welcome to Brewers on Tap. It is great to have you with us for another edition of the podcast. Brewers having a very good week since we last talked. They take two out of three from the Dodgers. They take two out of three from their interdivision rival in the St. Louis Cardinals. And the crew sitting at 12-7 and seven overall, sitting in first place in the NL Central. And even though there's things the Brewers want to iron out, overall things going very well. Now some moves have been made. Freddie Peralta was thrown on the injured list after his last start against St. Louis, which was tough news. So he's going to be out of the rotation for at least a turn or two. The Brewers did activate Jeremy Jeffress, though. And Jeremy Jeffress is back, and he threw two-thirds of an inning on Wednesday. It was positive. He got his velo up to 93. He's hoping that's going to continue to increase as he gets more comfortable and gets further removed from that shoulder soreness that he experienced in spring training, but uh, a positive first step for Jeremy Jeffress as well. All right, let's let's listen in to what this last week has sounded like. The 0-1 pitch, and Perez launches this one deep left center field. Long run for Pollock. He's at the track. He looks up, and it is gone. Aaron Perez with a two-run blast, and just like that, the crew back on top. Kicks in the 1-0, and Grandal launches deep left field. Peterson turns, and he watches it leave. Yasmani Grandal with a point into the Brewers' dugout. Goes deep for the third time on this trip and the fourth time of the season. And the Brewers back out in front at 6-5. Grandal going in. Haters pitch. Struck him out with a slider. He missed up in the zone, but it works all the same. Hater leaves him loaded in the bottom of the eighth inning and will go to the ninth at Dodger Stadium. Here's the pitch. Ground ball hit to short. RC, RC, I should say, easy play that time. Feeds Perez at second base, and that ends the game. Brewers take game one here in Los Angeles. Final score, 8-5. Pitch to Moustakas. Fly ball deep center field. Going back on it, Pollock still back at the warning track at the wall. It's gone. 
Home run, Mike Moustakis, 1-0 Milwaukee. A ball at the plate, and it hits the back foot or the back knee in this case for Arcia. He sends this one deep to left. Taylor goes back. Bye-bye, baseball. Orlando Arcia points to the sky as he rounds first. He goes deep for the third time this year, and the Brewers have a 2-0 lead. Here's the pitch to Barnes. Swung on and missed. Another changeup, back-to-back punch-outs for Davies, and he goes seven strong against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Here comes Junior. Ground ball hit to short. Arcia has it on a second hop, slings it across the diamond, and that's the ball game. The Brewers have taken the first two in this series in Los Angeles. Final score tonight, 4-1. to 2-0 to Cardinals in the Brewers' second, and Moustakas to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone for Moustakas. The Moose strikes again. And the pitch to him. Swinging a smash to left center and deep. Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Yelich. And they add three more on a two-out, three-run shot by Christian Yelich. Well, the stretch now, the pitch. Here it is. Yelich sends it to right and deep. Way back. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Yelich. He did it again. Ask and you shall receive. For some of us, it's a pretty good year. Swing and a drive to left center and deep. No, not again. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Yelich. He just hit another one. Oh, man. What a week. It is. In one night, Christian Yelich just hit his third home run in this game. And it's now 10-6. Brewers. Oh, man, what a night. Flaherty into his windup and 1-0. Kane line down the left field line. This one's got legs. It's gone. Lorenzo Kane is second of the year. It's 1-0 Brewers. A one pitch. High drive, deep right field. Back Martinez just watching. Gone for Grandal. Hanging slider down and in, and Grandal hits his fifth. Here comes a 2-2 pitch to Brandon Woodruff. Ground ball. It's a fair ball down the right field line. That'll score at least two. Shaw's in. Aguilar's in. Moving to second. Woodruff, the throw is not in time. It's a two-run double by Brandon Woodruff. 2-2 pitch coming. Yelich sends it to right center and deep. He's done it again. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Christian Yelich. He has taken St. Louis out of the park again. Another three-run home run for Christian Yelich. Oh, man. Certainly has been an exciting week, and what Christian Yelich has done 
has been historic on so many levels. He now has eight home runs against the Cardinals. I mean, think about that. Eight home runs against the Cardinals for Christian Yelich and doesn't really show any signs of stopping. He, he, he had two games in a row in which he didn't collect a hit uh, against the Dodgers on Saturday and Sunday. And because of that, he went right into Miller Park on Monday and started taking extra BP. Then he gives a puppy to uh, two little fans who had asked for a puppy if he hit a home run earlier this year against the Cardinals, coincidentally, in the opening weekend of the season. And Yelich goes out and hits three home runs on Monday night. Three of them. You just heard those home runs. Then he hits another one on Tuesday night. Really incredible that the Cardinals even pitching to him. But uh, Christian Yelich, special player, and now has 26 RBIs on the season which, of course, leads the National League and is, uh, when it's all said and done, going to be a record that nobody maybe will ever touch in terms of Brewers' RBIs in the month of March and April combined. Let's jump into our conversation. Our first conversation is a sit-down Brewers catcher, Yasmani Grandal, who is pretty hot in his own right right now. Let's break it down. Back at Dodger Stadium, doesn't feel like that long ago that the Brewers and Dodgers were playing here, and you were in the other dugout. Um, is it good to get this trip out of the way, right out of the gate for you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Obviously, uh, you know, it was long coming. Uh, the fact that we were able to get it um, out of the way at the beginning of the year is great. Uh, you know, I have to uh, think about when I'm going back to L.A. So, you know, obviously... Uh, being here, playing against these guys, you know, it's going to kind of give us an idea of where we are. Um, so hopefully by the end of it, uh, we did a pretty good job and we just concentrate on what we need to, we need to work on. You had some great years here and um, some great teams that made some good runs, obviously going to the World Series the last couple of seasons. And you have some good relationships over there too. Will that part be the part you look forward to the most seeing those guys that you've spent so much time with over the last four or five years uh man for me for me you know once i once i step inside those lines i mean i and i'm playing against you it didn't matter how good of a friendship i had or how much i knew you i mean you're the opponent now so um that's where uh that's where you know that competitiveness kind of comes out and Everything pretty much, everything else kind of goes out the window. So um, no matter what, you know, I'm going to try and beat you and I'm going to try and do the best that I can to help my teammates win a game. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm on the other side this time. So, you know, our number one goal today is getting a win. And if we leave the day with a win, then, you know, that's all that matters. Yasmani, you had to spend a lot of time in spring training kind of getting caught up and learning these guys that you're catching and uh, spending just a lot of time even maybe away from catching bullpens and everything else with these guys. What has that process been like for you? And, and have you, do you feel like you've learned a lot even through the first couple of weeks of the regular season catching some of these guys? Yeah, no, I definitely learned a lot, way more than uh, I thought I was going to have to. Um, I thought after you know, the spring training we had, we, we came out pretty uh, positive with what we had, especially in the rotation or the pen. Like we knew exactly what we wanted to do. Um, but obviously the regular season is completely different and you know, things are going to happen um, and you need to think quickly and 
be at least six or seven steps ahead of everybody else. So um, by not knowing these guys 100% in a game-like environment, at times you don't you don't tend to do that, and you know you start making just minimal mistakes, which is great that is happening or that has happened early in the season because now we know exactly what we need to do in order to, to uh, correct them. The young guys have so much electric stuff. Does it make it fun for you to be behind the plate and see what their stuff can do? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, these guys are awesome. Um, you know, you know Burnsy throwing today, Woodruff, Peralta, you know, those guys have the ability and the future to possibly be a number one anywhere else. I think I said that before, and I truly believe that. Uh, my job here is to make sure that I get, I maximize as much as that ability of them uh, pitching as I can. And if I'm able to do that, you know, they're going to be a huge help for us. Yasmani, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving us some time. Thank you. Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101. As we take a look at Sabermetrics 101, I don't know how sabermetric-y this is. Sometimes we take some loose interpretation of sabermetrics, and we just dive into the numbers a little bit. I want to jump into Christian Yelich. He had a historic week. Again, what he's doing against the Cardinals is incredible. Eight of his nine home runs have come against St. Louis. He, he might have a chance to set the major league record for most home runs versus a team in a season. Lou Gehrig had 14 at one point in his career. Uh, against the same team in one season. Christian Yelich has eight already against the Cardinals. He has a lot of games left against the Cardinals. It's not crazy to think that he could come close to that record before it's all said and done. But what I wanted to dive into is going back to the beginning of the 2018 season when Christian Yelich first stepped on the field as a Brewer and, of course, goes on to win the MVP. Some, Some of the numbers that maybe people don't realize or that get lost a little bit in the conversation... He played 147 games in 2018, okay? He played 147 games in 2018. He has played in now uh, 19 games for the Brewers in 2019. So that means he has now played in 166 games. Now, in 165 of those, he's made a plate appearance. One of those games, he did not have an actual plate appearance. He was a defensive replacement late in the game. So out of 165 games where he's had a plate appearance, he has only failed to reach base 22 different times. 22 different games where he's failed to reach base for Christian Yelich in 165. Think about that. Now you want to take it a step further? 30 Eight games in which he's failed to collect a hit. Out of 165, only 38 of those games did he not at least collect a hit. That is absurd, and that is incredible. And we can do this all day long. We can keep diving into all these different numbers of Christian Yelich all day long, and they'll blow your mind. That's how good and how elite of a player he is, and we probably don't appreciate it like we should. I'll say the same thing, and I'm not going to dive into the numbers today on Lorenzo Cain. We'll save that for a future podcast. We don't appreciate how good Lorenzo Cain is either. And the Sabermetrics will back some of that up, and we'll dive into that in a future broadcast. But just just incredible from Christian Yelich that that's how often he has some sort of positive impact 
on the Brewers winning a baseball game. It's not a surprise that he shows up and the Brewers make the playoffs and nearly get into the World Series. He, by the way, hitting 356 on the year and an OPS now of 1229. That is getting the job done. You don't need me to tell you that. All right, let's dive back into our conversations, and let's talk with Brewers starting pitcher Zach Davies, who's off to a very hot start. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out of here. Time to catch up with the crew. And joined by Brewers starting pitcher Zach Davies. It's been a good start to the season for you. How nice has it been to get off to a good start and be healthy after a frustrating year from a health standpoint last year? Yeah, I mean, that, that for me, that's probably the first check mark is health. Um, you know, coming back last year, being able to check off, being healthy at the end of the year, um, going through spring training, going through another workload, making sure that the body's right. Um, that, that's the first check mark for me. But, you know, kind of getting off to slow starts in my career so far. So, you know, it's nice to nice to see change. It's nice to uh, adjust a little bit early on in the season and, and know what works um, and, and what kind of got me into the right place. What did spring training do for you this year? Because it felt like you got good work in every time you went out there. Yeah, I was able to uh, make some adjustments. I was able to work on things that I wanted to, um, you know, at the, at the end of the offseason with throwing programs starting up and, uh, you know, trying to apply that in game. So it was a lot of good work, a lot of smi- minor changes, but, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things could be major for me, something that I can add to my game and make it that much more refined. Um, so it, it was nice to be able to apply that stuff in games. Working with Manny is something you've done the last few years, so you're familiar with him, but working with a new catcher is always a little bit of a difference, and with the Osmani Grandal being here now, um, what has the relationship been like, and how has it already grown since the beginning of spring training? I, I think he's had the best attitude coming in. It, it was, you know, he's, he needs to gather as much information as he can in the shortest time as possible. Uh, at the same time, be open, be able to talk, be able to uh, kind of share his insights and also learn more about us so you know I think coming in he had probably the best attitude you could have with it um, so you know I've already learned things from him and I've I've gotten very comfortable with, with talking to him about game plans and about hitters and uh, you know you, you couldn't really ask for anything more from a new catcher. This Dodgers lineup is really patient now you're I'm not telling you anything you don't know you've seen this lineup a lot over the last few years very patient they take a lot of pitches and they have a lot of power how does that change anything about how you approach a lineup or do you just have to concentrate on what you do uh you know just concentrate on what i do really what it comes down to because my game is always quick outs it's always weak contact uh, and try and stay in the game as long as possible so uh, you know if they're patient trying to get ahead quickly and, and getting them weak contact or getting guys out as fast as possible is always the key um but you know you don't really change a whole lot from from what you do best is it weird for you that you're one of the veteran guys in the rotation now? For for years, you were one of the young guys, and now you're one of the one of the veteran guys that Brandon Woodruff or Corbin Burns are coming to you for advice. You know, it's a little bit different, but um, you know, I've I've tried to model my game after people that I've always looked up to and uh, how they go about their business and and do the homework and you know just set themselves up for success. Um, so you know. Those guys, if they come and have questions, I'm always open. I always try and share as much as I can with them uh, because, 
you know, we don't have like four veteran starters in, in the rotation with the one young guy that he can learn from everybody. It's me and Chasin that uh, have been here for a few years. And, uh, you know, I try and I try and give as much information as I can. Um, and whatever works, whatever helps them, it, it's great. Uh, if they don't like it, they don't have to use it. It's not it's not me trying to tell them what kind of game that they need to have. Uh, but it's just sharing my insights and sharing what I see out on the field. Um, and, and, you know, their stuff is, is incredible. Um, my game has always been trying to outsmart the hitter. Um, so if I can give them any more knowledge than they have right now, then I, I hope that they can apply it and, you know, just see where that goes. Zach, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Checking in on the farm. As we check in on the farm, we begin in AAA. San Antonio Missions are 7-7 seven and seven so far in their Pacific Coast League season. And we begin with Tyler Saladino, the Brewers' utility man who played some first. He played some outfield during spring training. And, of course, mainly known for his ability in the middle infield. Last year playing a lot of shortstop for the crew in Orlando. Arcio was struggling and was sent down. Saladino's off to a very good start, hitting 304, six home runs, 14 driven, and one of those home runs, an inside the park home run. He's slugging at an 826 clip right now, off to a very good start. Also, Keston Hero off to a very strong start, 291 average, an OPS of 940. He has four home runs. He's driven in 11. He also has five doubles on the season. 23 strikeouts. That'll be the number to watch with Keston here to see that come down a little bit. Of course, strikeouts aren't really looked at as negatively as they maybe were 20, 30 years ago, but you still want to see him maybe put the ball in play a little bit more on some of the outs that he's making. But overall, very strong numbers from Keston here. He's slugging a 636 clip right now. Mauricio Dubon off to a good start, also hitting 291. A couple of home runs, six driven in for Mauricio Dubon. And uh, he's doing a good job uh, in that strikeout department. He's only struck out 10 times so far on the year. Good start for Lucas Ersig in AAA. 289, three home runs. A multi-home run game, part of those three home runs. And he's driven in eight on the season as well. And Lucas Ersig getting on base a little bit. Eight walks. He has an on-base percentage of 404. Some strong numbers there for the Brewers. Of course, Tyrone Taylor has three home runs. He's driven in nine. He's done some good things early on also. So a lot to be excited about. And remember, those numbers aren't inflated by Colorado Springs anymore. Those offensive numbers are very true offensive numbers from those individuals. On the mound, here are some numbers to keep an eye on. Adrian Hauser, he has made three starts, 16 in the third innings on the mound, just two earned runs allowed. That is a 1-1-0 ERA. Very good start for him. To the season. Zach Brown has had three turns through the rotation. He's had mixed results. 17 and two-thirds innings. He's given up 21 hits, though, and eight earned runs. That's a 4-0-8 ERA for Zach Brown. Of course, Aaron Wilkerson is now up with the big league club. He hit that home run on Wednesday afternoon, coming out of the bullpen and pitching very well in relief. Aaron Wilkerson has pitched well in AAA. He has made two starts, .79 ERA, and that's why he got the promotion to the big league club. Um, some other names in AAA to keep an eye on. Josh Fields is one. Uh, not a great start for him. He's made six appearances, five and two-thirds, given up seven earned runs. But Josh Fields is a proven arm at the major league level. I don't know that the Brewers are going to get overly uh, into his numbers in a small sample size in AAA. 
I think they're going to probably want to see how does the velocity look, how is the stuff playing. Some of those things may take precedent or take importance over just the, the, the pure numbers. Donnie Hart, who was a late add to the roster for the crew, uh, he has made six appearances. He has thrown just three innings in those six appearances, so he's been used very situationally. He's given up one earned run so far. He is 0-1 with a 3.00 ERA. Those are some names that you could see at the major league level at some point. Jay Jackson's another one. He's made four appearances yet to give up a run. He's only given up two hits in four and two-thirds. That's a name you could see up at the major league level at some point. Birch Smith has pitched well as a part of the rotation, 11 innings, and one earned a run allowed for him in two turns through the rotation. All of those guys, guys that could potentially get a shot at some point at the major league level. So some interesting stuff there for sure. We move along to double A, where Biloxi has had mixed results to start their year. They're currently one game under 500. They are sitting at six and seven on the year. There's been some good pitching performances early on uh, for the Biloxi Shuckers. Uh, and you start thinking about what Trey Shupak has been able to do so far for the Biloxi Shuckers. He has had some good starts early on in the season for the Biloxi Shuckers, and that's been really good to see. I, I think that the Shuckers uh, offensively uh, probably don't have the same amount of prospects as they do on the mound. There's a little bit of a difference there. Uh, certainly an exciting team and a team that's going to be worth following over the course of the year. When you look at Shupak, who is just 22 years of age, he'll turn 23 at the end of May. He's made three starts, 16 and two-thirds innings, four earned runs allowed, and he has struck out 10 against five walks in 16 and two-thirds innings. That's a 2.16 ERA for Trey Shupak. So uh, that is exciting stuff there. Thomas Jenkins has had some good results early on in his double-A career. Uh, Jenkins, Jenkins is 23 years old. He'll turn 24 in July, he has made two starts, a 2-2-5 ERA. That includes a complete game shutout for him uh, earlier this season. So that's been encouraging. And then the other really encouraging thing is Devin Williams. Devin Williams, who I had a chance to talk to at the end of last week, 24, coming off a of Tommy John surgery. He was able to pitch in high A last year over the second half of the season. Did not have great results, but it's been a different story for him so far to start his double-A career up as he's 2-1 with a 3-1-8 ERA in four outings. Uh, his biggest issue has been walks. The command still not quite there yet for Devin Williams, but he does feel good about the way the ball's coming out of his hands. And I think he feels like he can have a nice season this year in AA and put himself back on the radar from a prospect standpoint. As we look at high A in the Carolina League, the Carolina Mudcats are two games above 500. they They're sitting at 8-6 and six currently. And there are some prospects on this squad worth keeping an eye on. Some newer names to the organization, we begin on the mound where Noah Zavallis, the Harvard grad and who was a part of that Domingo Santana trade along with Ben Gamble, kind of gets forgotten about a little bit. He's made two starts, a 2.70 ERA over 10 innings and just three earned runs allowed. He is 1-1 one one so far on the year, um, so he's worth keeping an eye on. And then the other name is Drew Rasmussen, who was very highly thought of just a few years ago. Um, had the injuries issue, had Tommy John. Brewers took him in the sixth round last year. And he made one start for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers at Miller Park last Friday uh, against Quad Cities and then was immediately promoted up to high A. And he has thrown three innings, just one hit. That was, of course, on Wednesday that Drew Rasmussen did that. 
and he struck out six. Big-time stuff. I mean, we're talking with Drew Rasmussen. We're talking 97, 98-mile-per-hour fastball. This is a guy. This is a guy maybe not on all the prospect lists right now, but could be there quickly if he performs high. And he could rise through the system quickly because he has that kind of stuff as well. Okay, prospect-wise, from a position player standpoint, the name to keep an eye on here is a guy that really had a good season last year, and that was Joe Angel Segovia. Had a great season last year in Class A in the Midwest League. Got promoted to high A over the second half of the season. Didn't see that same amount of success, but he's off to a good start this year. 356, three doubles, three home runs, and six driven in. Um, nine walks against 12 strikeouts. You like that ratio as well. Joe Angel Segovia, a left fielder slash outfielder. He can move around a little bit. That's a name to keep an eye on in the Brewers organization, in my opinion. Peyton Henry also doing a nice job at the play, hitting 260, um, three doubles for him, no home runs, and eight driven in. Anything he does offensively is great. That is gravy at this point because Peyton Henry is a tremendous defensive catcher uh, for the Brewers organization. So those are some names there that are worth keeping an eye on that have impressed early on in the season in high A. And then, of course, we go to the Midwest League, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. The Timber Rattlers are an even 500. They're sitting at 6-6 six and six on the year, and there are some prospects in Wisconsin that are worth keeping your eye on as well. Um, from a pitching standpoint, a couple of names. The one that I am watching closely is Aaron Ashby. Aaron Ashby is a left-hander. He has not had great results early on, nine innings and seven earned runs allowed in two games and one start. But I think he's somebody to keep an eye on because he has had success in the past. I think he's a really good arm, and he's an intriguing name. Max Lazar's been great, too. He's made two appearances, one start, 10 innings, just one earned run allowed. He's struck out 12 against two walks, so he's 1-0 with a .90 ERA. That's somebody to keep an eye on. Position player-wise, the guy that's off to a great start is the forgotten guy in the Travis Shaw trade. Remember, Travis Shaw comes to the Brewers, for Tyler Thornburg. That was the exchange that everybody talked about in the Brewers-Red Sox trade. And on that alone, the Brewers have gotten the better end of that deal because Travis Shaw has been a cornerstone guy from the Brewers' position player group. Tyler Thornburg has had a very minimal impact on the Red Sox so far. He's dealt with injury issues. He was great for the Brewers. He just has not been able to stay healthy and make that same kind of an impact on the mound for the Red Sox. Also coming back to the Brewers in that deal... Mauricio Dubon, who's in AAA and knocking on the door to be the first Honduran-born player to play in the major leagues. That was pretty good. Another one was Josh Pennington, a right-handed arm who is now retired and out of baseball. And the final name was the player to be named later, and that's Yason Coca. Yason Coca, a middle infielder, sitting 324. He has a double and a triple on the year. He is still a very young player. He is still just 19 years of age. And he is in the Midwest League, and he's putting up some really good numbers so far. That's a name. Nobody talks about Yason Coco when they start talking about Brewers' prospects. That's a name worth keeping an eye on, I think, from the Brewers' standpoint. Bryce Terang only hitting 211, making some great plays in the field. And uh, this will be a, a fun year to watch Bryce Terang, uh, who, again, is 18 years of age, and see what he's going to be able to do in Class A over the course of this season. So um, those are some prospects to keep an eye on, along with Javon Ward, Chad McClanahan, as well, all names uh, with the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers this year. Okay, that's a look around the minor leagues. It's a big, exhaustive look, but uh, you get an idea. The Brewers have some guys really performing right now at some different levels 
of the four main levels of minor league baseball. All right, let's uh, check what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. All right, here's what is coming up. Your summer tradition can start right here at Brewers.com if you want more information on 2019 Brewers Group Packages, starting at just $6 per ticket, from tailgate space to a private party suite. Miller Park really does have everything you need for an unforgettable outing. Also, uh, coming up tomorrow night, Friday night, that is the first five-county Friday Brewers hosting the Dodgers. All five-county residents can save 50% on tickets for the contest. Again, to lock in your half-price tickets, visit brewers.com slash five-county right now. And, of course, that Dodgers series. I was just telling you about that. Cody Bellinger is one of the hottest hitters in the National League. The Dodgers come to town for a four-game slate starting Thursday night, tonight, time that we're recording our podcast here today, through Sunday, and there are some big-time players that are going to be on the field. It's a rematch of the championship series from last year. And, of course, coming your way on Saturday evening, that is Game of Thrones night at Miller Park. Each special ticket package features a seat to the game versus the Dodgers, plus a Brewers Game of Thrones t-shirt. Again, go to Brewers.com for more information on all of these great promotions from the crew. That is going to do it for us. We thank you for listening to Brewers on Tap. We'll talk to you next week from New York City. I'm like Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.